First of all, I would like to say a very sincere thank you um, for spending time with us today. I, I know that you both are very busy with part two of Fantasian. Um, this is not only a wonderful opportunity for Final Fan TV, um, but you are also a, a personal hero of us. Uh, <laughs> and, and we are so grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I described Fantasian as PlayStation 1 era Final Fantasy exploration with nods to Final Fantasy X's conditional turn-based battle system. But at the same time, Fantasian is uniquely its own in many ways. Uh, much of our audience is the Final Fantasy fandom. So what would your pitch be to them to encourage them to play Fantasian? I think Fantasian, the inception of the project, really was when I had the chance to play Final Fantasy VI with some of the developers at the time on a live stream broadcast program. So we were playing Final Fantasy VI, and it really reminded me of how much I, I loved that genre. And on the other hand, part of me felt, well, is there really a point to bringing a very, very classic, very orthodox RPG-style game into the game ecosystem in, in this day and age. But now that I'm nearing the end of my career, I thought, well, you know, I want to make a game that, that I really love and I could fall in love with. So it's interesting uh, also that you bring up Final Fantasy X and how the game has this Final Fantasy X type of flavor because uh, the, one of the game designers, Tsuchida, actually was the person who also worked on Final Fantasy X's battle system so you really pinpointed that and I think that's why the Final Fantasy X almost experience is kind of a base for him and even small things like poison doing so much damage as well as uh, in part two of Fantasian there are going to be moments where you swap characters in and out so there is a little bit of uh, some 10 flavors in there I would say. Nice thank you. So Fantasian released on April 2nd the 27th anniversary of Final Fantasy VI. Was this coincidental or purposeful? When we were working with Apple Arcade, we, we had known that the game was going to release uh, towards the beginning of April, but that was about the extent of, of what we knew. We had given Apple our final build of the game a few weeks prior, and we knew it was around that time, but we didn't know the actual release date. So when it actually hit the, hit the App Store, it's actually one of my team members who said, hey, it's available, it's online. And I realized, oh, wow, that's interesting. So it kind of happened after the fact on April 2nd when Final Fantasy VI was also released as well. So it had the same birthday, which is something uh, another one of my team members told me afterwards. And it's interesting because the very inception of this project almost ties back to Final Fantasy VI on a bizarre twist of fate. It's this weird kind of destiny thing at play, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so Fantasian is uh, so unique that um, it's the only game that I know that uses handcrafted uh, diorama as explorable environments. I've read in an interview years ago that you build Lego when uh, brainstorming ideas. Uh, was this how the concept of diorama environments came to be? 
I don't know if I would say, I mean, I personally like Legos uh, a lot, but I don't know if there is a real direct tie with the two. Uh, I think going way back to my childhood, even in kindergarten, I would love playtime, especially when we had clay to play with. I would build things. And every time, you know, even growing up beyond that, I would have these Gundam model kits that I would build and, and construct. So perhaps the diorama is almost a, an extension of that kind of model building history that I had as a student. And it finally culminated in this almost completed package and visual expression that you see in uh, Fantasia. But as Final Fantasy VI was sort of the inspiration of Fantasia in a way, I think Final Fantasy VI also took advantage of the, I guess you can call it like color bleed or color properties of the NTSC monitors to really create that pixel art type expression and, and deliver what you see on the screen. So it's a very analog method of visual expression, if you will. And similarly, the dioramas I feel are the ultimate pursuit or expression of this sort analog visual, which is kind of uh, interesting and another tie-in to Final Fantasy VI. Mm -hmm. uh, I find your sense of humor to be absolutely wonderful. Uh, I, I remember a few years ago, you did a promo video where you went off script. Uh, you crumbled up a piece of paper, you shoved it in your mouth, and you began pounding on a keyboard. Uh, you even ended that promo as a rapper. <laughs> it was hilarious. Uh, your stories. Oh, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> stories always balance these serious themes with humor like that. Uh, is something? Is this something that players can also expect with Fantasia? あ、結構ファンタジアはい。あの、まあ、やってもらえば分かると思うんですけど、うん、まあ、ユーモアは結構入れたつもりなんですけど、はい。<笑><笑> Fantasian, of course, I included certain humor into the game. And even as I was writing the script and some of the dialogue, I tried to stay really relaxed and let it just flow through me. So it wasn't a very uptight project by, by any sense. The stories you tell always leave a lasting impression on players. What is the core theme or message of Fantasian story? Uh, the world setting of Fantasian has to do with this balance of order and, and chaos and kind of this digital society that we live in this world. I think similarly, there's a lot of order on the digital side, but a lot of chaos in the analog side of the world that, that we still occupy and within which we exist. So really depicting that theme of finding the right balance. But in addition, one of the characters, Kina, her name translates to destiny in one of the ancient languages of this particular world and, and universe. And I feel a lot of times the younger generations don't really know what direction to point themselves into. And this is true of Kina as well, where she wasn't sure what the future had in store for her. So she was discovering her herself as long as, uh, and in addition to her own path and really depicting that journey of hers, I think is a big part of what Fantasia is about. Going back to this very information-based society in which we live, where there's just a wealth of information, almost too much information for any one person to process. There's, I feel a lot of uncertainty for us and even more so the younger generation. So really finding that one thing 
in which you can believe and, and follow it. That's another theme that I hope people can take away from Fantasian. Um, <clears throat> I strongly believe that uh, Fantasian is Apple Arcade's killer app. Um, I've actually seen people go out and purchase an Apple TV uh, or an iPad just to play Fantasian. Um, is Mistwalker in partnership with Apple or will there be a chance that Fantasian could make its way to Android devices or even consoles? あの、ファンタジアンなので、そういうことしてくれるのはすごく嬉しい。あ、well、the in sort of the Apple arcade ecosystem. But with regards to porting the game, there are no plans at the time, and part two also is being developed exclusively for the Apple arcade. So I think the, the new Apple TV was recently announced and you know it's pretty economical for, I think it was 129 and you can get a 4K output device. So not that I'm a Apple ambassador by any means or that <laughs> they bribed me to say this, but I really think it is a good way to experience the game and uh, highly recommend it. Go ahead, Vinny, if you would read the uh, question from our Patreon. Sure. So this is from our patron, Badly Brave. Is there any world, be it a certain Final Fantasy or otherwise, that you've always wished to return to? My personal favorite work of yours has always been Lost Odyssey, and I've always felt like that universe has so much potential to be explored further. Thank you so much for impacting so many of our lives and continuing to pour your heart and soul into such amazing products for us to enjoy. Oh. Every time I complete development on a game, I, in a weird way, have to archive everything in that experience from the game and really move on and, and clear my mind in order to approach and, and face the next story world characters I'm about to create. So I don't often return to worlds I've, I've created in the past, but if there is one exception to that, I would say it'd have to be the uh, opportunity to work with Akira Toriyama. I'm a huge fan of his work. So if there was the opportunity to expand the universe of Blue Dragon or perhaps Chrono Trigger in, in any way, I would definitely not say no to that opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I would love to see a Chrono Trigger remake yeah, <laughs> headed by Mistwalker. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen, but let's just say a completely new world that we developed with Toriyama. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> uh, you know, my mom always says <laughs> that I will be her baby no matter how old I get. And no matter how long I've been living on my own. So I imagine that this sentiment can be shared for you as the father of Final Fantasy. Uh, the series will always be your baby. Um, has it made you proud 
to see the ongoing success of Final Fantasy 14, seeing Final Fantasy 7 modernized in a remake, and Final Fantasy 16 on the horizon returning to a high fantasy setting. Final Fantasy is a franchise that I don't think any of us back then expected to become this big. And there are probably few franchises that can say they've achieved this level of, I mean, not just success, but really penetration into a lot of people's minds. And take Mario or Zelda, for example, those are probably a few of the, the exceptions. And I think because of that you know the new projects that are based on the final fantasy world and history and legacy in addition to what kitase is doing for final fantasy 7 i just feel very thankful for this miracle in a, in a weird way and of course i want to i don't know if it's gratitude per se towards kitase and his team and what what they've done but it's a little bit overwhelming that I can be credited as this founding father of something that has grown so big. So it's both a, an honor and I, I would draw some of that up to luck as well. <laughs> uh, so what area has your favorite diorama? The one that completely captivates you? Uh, it, with regards to the dioramas, I, uh, I probably want to highlight something, maybe not necessarily the most amazing or elaborate diorama, but uh, there's this hideout in, in part two along this mountain range. And there's one particular set that comes to mind where it's really the size of, the size of your pinky. And there's a flower along this road. When you look at it, uh, in context of this massive diorama landscape, it almost looks like some dust fell onto the diorama. <laughs> but when we take these dioramas and then put them through our pipeline where we have to photograph them and then create 3D models and then retake those photos and then reproject them onto 3D models, it looks gorgeous. It's this one flower, it stands out. And I, I couldn't imagine it looking this pretty. So honestly, it was very shocking for me to, to see what I thought looked like a speck of dust, but then reinterpret it through this pipeline in the context of the game, transform itself into this, this flower. So I encourage everyone when you pick up part two to definitely be on the lookout for that flower. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, I will, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, would you care to share a, a challenging obstacle that you and the team had to overcome during development? Uh, a few things actually come to mind. The first being just the diorama pipeline in general. I had thought, well, we should be able to somehow take these dioramas and translate that into 3D space and put into the game engine and use it, but this was actually a lot more challenging than than I initially thought. To get the 3D models of these, we and make sure the characters can collide and interact with the worlds properly. We had to use a very unique 3D scanning pipeline. Traditional 3D scanning methods for objects didn't capture the necessary detail that we needed from these intricately crafted dioramas. So we found a pipeline used by cities where they would, in the cities, they would fly these drones to take hundreds of pictures. And from the pictures, 
stitched together a 3D model. Uh, we didn't fly any drones, but we did take a ton of pictures of these dioramas and put it through the same pipeline to then render out a polygon or 3D model that first gave us these, these objects we can use and manipulate in 3D space. And uh, another big challenge was the camera transitions. I don't know if you guys had the chance to play Fantasian, but you'll notice when you reach the edge of the screen, how the camera transitions. The very first implementation of switching scenes or switching sets, I thought we were going to have to do some kind of hard cut where it would just switch to the next map and your character would be there. Um, but somehow our director and programmer Nakamura came up with this very innovative solution to move and kind of trick the camera into transitioning or, or panning between different different scenes and i would go so far as calling this almost an invention level kind of innovation on on his part i know it seems very very subtle but that to me really elevated the experience and made the world feel a little bit more more seamless so that was a great uh, improvement to the overall game and uh, lastly, I can think of one more is the aiming mechanic with the different spells and skills right now that, that you see. The very first implementation of this was more of a throwing or flicking motion using the tactile interfaces where you would throw these spheres and that would hit the enemies. But through a lot of playtesting and trial and error, we finally landed on this almost bow and arrow-like aiming system that I think is a, a really good implementation of that uh, mechanic. What, what is your fondest memory from the development of Fantasia? Of course, when each element or piece of this game, a piece of the puzzle comes closer to completion, I really get the sense that we're making forward progress. So each little milestone to me has this very interesting sensation that you've reached a, a peak or you've reached this top of the mountain where you could feel this excitement that we're, we're one step closer to, to finishing this. But if I had to pick one, I would say perhaps the, the greatest of, of those moments was when Uematsu-san delivered his fully orchestrated recordings of the soundtrack and uploaded that in I downloaded it and started listening to it. Uh, of course, he would send samples and demos, perhaps using sound libraries that we had implemented into the game as placeholder, knowing that we would get the orchestrated versions later. But just the, the drastic difference in the quality of those, and when I listened to the orchestrated studio recorded versions for the first time, it, it brought me to tears, to full disclosure. And I think that that sound, that music really elevated the entire experience of the game. Um, I experienced something similar with each email leading up to this moment. Sorry, I don't have my flute today. Uh, I know you wanted that. I, it's, it's not, it, I don't have it <laughs> right now, unfortunately. <laughs> That's no problem at all. <laughs> this is this is definitely good enough for sure. Um, now uh, you've was speaking of music. 
um, I'm actually writing a uh, like a video essay on what if uh, Final Fantasy, the very first Final Fantasy, was your final fantasy. Um, and one of the the during my research, one of the things I found was that you have a very you're very passionate about music. Um, and you were speaking of uh, how how the soundtrack for Fantasian brought you to tears. Um, after and and then the rumor is is that this could be your final uh, final game. Fantasian could be your final game. Um, do you think you would uh, just kind of dive into music afterwards, or what's next for Sakaguchi-san? Music, I think, is is definitely more of a, a hobby for me. A hobby I, I like really really a lot. But I don't think I have that level of talent to make a career path out of music. But whether it's even just performing it, listening to it, or even just audio equipment, I, I really enjoy those aspects of the, the, the senses, um, just the audio side of that. And I think that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. But, and with regards to the, your, your question about or rumor about this potentially being my, my last uh, project, I of course haven't confirmed that uh, uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but if hypothetically this were my last project, I think I kind of come to terms of being okay with that. I felt I, I really poured everything I, I wanted to in this. And, you know, a lot of times when creating something, especially in the entertainment industry, you have to be conscious of, is this what the industry or the marketplace wants right now? But I sort of cast aside that concern of whether or not this game would be accepted into the marketplace and really just made a game that I wanted to make. And you don't often get the chance to do this because when there, when there's a lot of companies or management or business needs at play, you have to cater your creations a little bit towards what the people want at the time. That's what the entertainment industry is, is about. So I feel very fortunate to be able to do this. And that's partially why I say if this were my last project to work on, I would, I would be okay with that. It is a, uh, an amazing game. I've played uh, most of it. I have not finished it yet, but uh it is, it is absolutely an amazing game, uh, a great achievement. Uh, well, actually, I would rather uh, just end it without a question, but more of just a, a sentiment that we all share. Um, that just thank you uh, for, for creating this franchise. Um, not, a, not even just a franchise of games with Final Fantasy, but just the games with Mistwalker as well. The stories you tell, um, they impact so many lives. Um, me and Vinny are, are two of those people. Your, your work has impacted our lives. And uh, we just want to say a, a very heartfelt thank you for taking the time out of your very busy schedule uh, to speak with us. Um, we are honored. Um, and I hope that this interview uh, can be a platform to show Final Fantasy fans that Fantasian is an absolutely phenomenal game and it is a must play for any Final Fantasy fan. Uh, once again, thank you. Oh, 
気持ちを本当に我々のファイナルファンタジーが大好きなコミュニティに届けて、やっぱファンタジアも絶対やるべきなもマストでやらなきゃいけないっていうこともちゃんと伝えられるようにあのしていきたいと思います。はい。Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much.、はい yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys a lot for this. Thank you. All right. Take care.、Yeah.